5%, right? We're not talking about the numbers that we're accustomed to. And uh, and then it still struggles, uh, all and it continues to get bad um, all through the latter part of uh, the 90s. And it is not until, let's see, so basically just before 1999 that we start finally seeing a recovery. Uh, slow, but sure. Um, and then that is a steady eddy. It's a good pace and it's just moving right along. And then it starts to go like fire in 2006. And then, of course, uh, it starts to uh, rise out. But we're talking still good growth here. We're talking 8%, 6%. I know it's not the numbers that many have been accustomed to over the last you know, 10 or 14 years, but, you know, there was a time anyone would think that they got a 4 or 5% increase in value year to year. That was good. Um, you know, 4 or 5% equity growth year over year, um, you know, on, on their home or property or investment property, they're happy with that. So, um, and then, of course, we see the uh, indication of the 2008-2009. And though, what I want to point out, though, is that this is the zero mark. So you'll see that really there, you know, and this is a medium average of stats all the way across the country. So um, it basically, during that time frame, that two-year time frame, basically prices just went about 3% in the negative, 3% in the negative. And that was just at its lowest point. So anywhere between zero, which means break-even, didn't really increase in value, but didn't really decrease, and minus three, okay? And then, of course, after that, it just starts to climb and and has steadily climbed uh, and increased, unfortunately, this data. Well, this data gives a great e example this is actually another good one. 2017, we knew the market was hot. Many real estate agents and brokers will attest to that. And then it seemed to slow down uh, in 2018. However, you know, slowing down was that, you know, we weren't, the market wasn't, you know, you weren't seeing major increases in value and it wasn't a negative. Um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad. Um, but you know, wasn't what everybody wants. Obviously, they want continued increase. And then, uh, of course, here we are in 2019, and you know, basically, this is the interesting stat: is hello, basically, COVID breaks out. We start stimulating the economy, and it takes off uh, like a rocket, and hasn't looked back. Um, so. I just think these types of stats are very, very interesting, and they and they say uh, so much. Um, and it's um, you know important data for anyone uh, to listen to. And again, I'm going to get to. There's good news. Uh, you know, sounds all glo you know gloom and doom, but the reality is is that trust me, there for people who are who are prepared and are ready. I've also suggested great time right now to, if you've got a bunch of assets, take your winners uh, and then get rid of some of the losers and grab the equity out of those losers and um, apply it down against the debt on the winners. <clears throat> Prepare yourself, set yourself up to be able to take advantage of opportunities that might be before you. 
um, very, very soon. Um, for those who put any faith in, um, you know, education, uh, this is a report that was unfortunately dated February of last year. However, um, was basically a bulletin, um, was a major warning um, for all who would listen. And basically, uh, the uh, document was uh, titled The Growing Debt Burden for Canadians. And basically that, um, you know, it was almost like an alarm bell sounding off. And again, this is now dated on research that's uh, pre-February 2021. So it's a year old. We only know uh, that things have only gotten a little bit crazier uh, since so take this for what you will, but basically it is a paper in which they basically state that the overall uh, debt um, of the nation uh, in relation to um, you know any other country in the world um, is more than alarming. And uh, so it is something well worth taking a look at. Um, but it just, you know, provides a lot of data and inf- information uh, that is worthy of, um, you know, just paying attention to, uh, so that at least one can, you know, take a look and say, hey, um, is what Frank's saying got any relevance? Um, Because I've always suggested, please, always dig in, do your own research, get your own data, you know, look for all different sources and, and see if all of this information seems to correlate. And if it starts to correlate together, then you're going to know that, you know, maybe some of this stuff is actually making sense. This is a big one. This is the uh, the UBS um, um, real estate balloon report. It's published every year. It's a global report on all real estate uh, markets globally. It's something that uh, financial institutions um, uh, pay attention to uh, quite a bit. However, um, you know, Vancouver and Toronto have uh, been two biggies that uh, have been on the uh, radar in the uh, top three uh, for quite a few years. And uh, you can see that basically uh, Toronto's bubble risk. And, you know, when I say Toronto, remember, this is important. So people will go, well, yes, the Toronto market is overinflated, but that doesn't mean that London's overinflated or Hamilton's overinflated. Listen, if you mess with Toronto, then everything else suffers. So don't be silly and think that if the market in Toronto crashes, that's not going to affect Hamilton and London and Windsor and and you know Thunder Bay and Sudbury and all that because that's that's just nonsensical. It's um, trust me. Um, you know, people will always come back and keep going to the urban uh, areas. Um, but this report's very important. It's well worth reading. It's extensive. You know, many of these reports I'm providing um, are very extensive. However, it gives you the data information that's backed up uh, by people who are true experts in what they do. So the bubble risk assessment, um, obviously, you're going to see that uh, it is one of the highest in the world. But uh, Toronto in 2019 was, you know, in the high risk level of one uh, to five. Uh, We are in the 1.86 in 2019, 1.96. And now we're at well over the highest of risk level of 2.20. Uh, and so basically further down in the study, the next page, you'll see that cities, uh, the main focus of this year's bubble index was Singapore, number one, London, England, and 
Toronto. So, um, you know, these are factors. These are, you know, in previous podcasts, I've explained kind of my concern. This is before the war broke out was that, you know, if you were kind of looking in a mountain range and you could see 100 miles, you know, or more to the right and 100 miles to the left, um, you know, in each of the mountain ranges, you could see smoke burning. Um, However, you know, nothing, obviously, they're all individual fires providing smoke, but nothing to be, you know, super alarmed yet. But um, I'm, I'm, I will dare say with what's going on um, globally uh, with the situation uh, in Europe, which is way more serious than I, I think most people realize. This is super serious. Um, and so there doesn't seem to be uh, any quick end on that. And I don't believe there will be. And so as that becomes more chaotic and or unstable or unpredictable or gets just far worse that just continues to affect all of these things that i'm talking about so i believe right now it's a great time to uh really um for those who aren't buying um take i've advised take a month two three months off right now just kind of see what's happening this is a smart time to do that you know, people that are in the industry don't want to hear me say that because, you know, I don't certainly don't worry. It's not like the masses are listening to me for those who are really invested in real estate or those are the ones who are turning tuning in. Um, the majority of people are like lemmings. They believe everything that uh, is told to them. Uh, and so when they they hear you know, everything's okay, and we've got great predictions for 2022, and, you know, they just, they want to just be told uh, the information, everything's okay, you know, uh, and that makes them feel good, so they just keep on going. So there's a huge segment that are just going to keep rolling down the road, um, and that's okay for those that are astute and, you know, want to uh, learn then uh, definitely I'm the guy that you're going to want to tune into um, and uh, because I will certainly keep things up to date. However, you know, the great thing is, is that, um, you know, if you really want to be able to capitalize, then you it's well worth uh, giving me a call because um, you can totally win. I made uh, more money than I can, uh, you know, mention with regards during these times. Uh, downward times and uh, because opportunities uh, were abundant like remember right now everybody's struggling to find a deal can you imagine when you've got tons of deals and now you're really picking through the barrel of the best of the best deals how awesome is that i mean i don't want to say that we celebrate other people's losses however if individuals aren't astute enough and aren't smart enough to be properly showing themselves up like you are, I hope, um, then, you know, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, the winners, um, um, you know, the people who are really serious about their industry are going to do just fine. You know, investors that have been serious and buy for the long term, they'll be fine. Uh, realtors, uh, ones who have been in the market. I'm sorry to tell most that the ones that have been in the market for a long time, those big, big names, 
they're all going to do well because people go uh, and will list their property with the names they know, right? So if you don't have a brand name as a realtor, then you're going to want to be with a brokerage that does um, because then you can uh, take advantage of um, the calls that will be coming in because, you know, right now there's not a lot of, you know, not a lot of calls. It's not like, uh, you know, Bob and Sue are calling to list their house uh, every day randomly because they want to get it sold. Um, but, you know, if the market adjusts, then the phone beat does begin to ring and then the brokers basically uh, hand out you know, basically leads. And um, so there definitely is uh, money to be made. However, it's a different kind of market. It's a market that is declining. You've got to, you know, then start your, your doing. I've talked to agents. They don't even know what a mortgage verification is. I can't even believe it. And they've been in the business for like 15 years. And I'm thinking like, what? You don't know what a mortgage verification is? So you're going to be doing things like getting mortgage verifications. You're actually going to have to figure out whether these people uh, have enough equity in their home uh, in order to pay everything out, all their lines of credit, all their debt, and the the commissions. Um, Because uh, let me tell you, um, there are times in which it gets to a point where, you know, if you're not an astute realtor, you will have a closing and there will be nothing uh, left um, uh, after everything is said and done. And that will be no one's fault but your own um, because there will be, you know, you can try and sue people, but what are you going to do? Take them to court? Yeah, that'll take a long time. Anyway, um, so it's a different change. It's a different dynamic for agents that have been in the market for I've said this before, it's no offense to the others, but you know, anybody that's got at least minimum, say 20, at least 24, say 25, 20, minimum, minimum 20, but 25, 30 years, they'll know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, you're getting into uh, interest buy downs, you're getting into, um, you know, what most people don't know is that there are lenders out there uh, when you get your mortgage documentation. Um, there are, you know, in all that documentation, if you remember how thick it was, way in the back, you know, tucked away in small print, um, many lenders have a little safety valve that they've got mortgages that actually are assumable without approval. And people are like, what? Assumable without approval? What does that mean? That means that, uh, you know, uh, these little tiny sections deep, deep down in mortgage uh, documentation, when the bank decides to be able to um, release that, there'll be a little checkbox that all of a sudden, you know, the realtors, of course, their brokers and or ARIA, Ontario Real Estate Association, Korea, Canadian Real Estate Association, will be then, you know, instilling to all brokers, you've got to do mortgage verifications. And then the mortgage verification document will all of a sudden be revised. And then all of a sudden, you know, you'll have all the different categories that you can check off to find out from the mortgage company, um, you know, whether they, possibly this could be an assumable without a more uh, approval mortgage. And people are like, why would that even exist? And that's because if times really get bad, the bank would prefer to have, they'll hold you still on the mortgage, but if they can get someone else in on that mortgage uh, to sign on to it, that just shores them up even more. So it's actually smart. That's This is in trying times, but it's tucked away. 
So, you know, there will be uh, brokers um, that um, have been in the business for a long time that will remember that. Um, there'll be brokers who remember what a buy-down mortgage is. And then you think, okay, what's a, a buy-down mortgage? What's that? Well, that's when you're a seller and the buyer's interest rate that they've got by the bank is, you know, a couple more points than they're comfortable in paying. Uh, and then you basically upfront pay their interest uh, for the term of two to five years. And they then agree to buy your house. These are the things that, you know, you've only got to be in the game for a long, long time to know all the different situations and angles and how that works. But, you know, so many different aspects that um, uh, that uh, are all there and or can be taken advantage of and or that, you know, most don't even know about. So um, just kind of uh, to go over here is another interesting. So this is basically Candom mortgage rate history. Um, with regards to one-year, uh, three-year, and five-year uh, fixed terms. So, you know, in the, 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 this is an indication of your interest rates, believe it or not. Take a look at that, right? Look at that. There were some that peaked in, in September of, of, of 22 in 1981, a one-year fixed was 21.25, and a five-year term was 21.75%. Can you imagine? And so at the peak of 82, um, you can just basically see on this chart, this is a fantastic chart to just give you an idea of how basically interest rates. So, so then you got interest rates drop, and guess when they drop just right really low at their lowest in a very long time? is right in the mid-80s, and the mid-80s is exactly when the market just ballooned and took off again, uh, as one will see, and you can see the, the as it spikes up, and then in 1990, holy cow, uh, this is when the cliff uh, dropped, and you can basically see how it was a, a absolute drop, 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 and um, yeah, these are great stats um, to be able to uh, look at and refer to. So I know I've mentioned, uh, you know, there are, people don't realize, there are 10-year rates. People don't talk about 10-year rates, um, but they exist. So just so you know, um, you know, that a bank doesn't necessarily make as much it is, um, on, they don't mind doing 10-year, but they don't advertise 10-year rates. Um, they're a little bit higher, but this kind of gives you an idea right now of 10-year um, rates, not bad. Uh, HSBC has got a 10-year fixed rate at 3.35%. Uh, That's not bad. 10 years. Do you think anything might change in the next 10 years? I don't know. That's the kind of question you need to ask yourself. These are, this is all the information that one may want to take a look at. So here's an historical data document um, based on uh, information from the Toronto Real Estate Board. Again, it um, uh, only goes uh, to 2016. But, you know, kind of gives you an idea of how real estate works. You know, historically, it was always just a nice, steady increase in value, the odd dip through the recession, but a nice, steady, you know, a, a nice growth. And then, of course, there's another, say, recession, and it drops down a little bit. But then again, 
as we know, and as I've tried to say to everybody, you know, what goes up must come down, but historically, it always goes back up. And um, and then here's the spike, and this is when interest rates all of a sudden went from like 13 or 14 percent uh, down to only 11, and woof, market absolutely goes like crazy. Any real estate agents that um, were in Ontario and Toronto market, greater Toronto area, will remember these times. They it was the good old uh, real estate prayer, um, you know, back after this 1990 event occurred. They said, basically, please, God, uh, you know, I promise not to spend my money in the next boom. Um, it was just a joke within realtors, but it's a fact. So it peaked out in the latter part of uh, 89, Iraq War. Uh, again, people thinking Third World War was going to break out. And then uh, look at the graph and how long uh, you can see basically it went, it basically just started to recover in 96, steady eddy, uh, and then just has gone catastrophic. And this is only until 2016. So, so, um, you know, with, with regards to, um, you know, uh, in, so again, investors as a whole, if you've bought smart, you bought right. And even if you're, if you've got it and you've maybe done yourself a stress test, uh, and, uh, looked at some of your, um, you know, really checked your, your situation out and, um, provided maybe three, four, five extra points. And if you can write it through, um, or you may want to jump in, uh, you know, jump into a 10 year term. If the numbers work, it's all about number crunching, uh, right now. And, um, and for those who've got uh, great equity, uh, you know, I'm not suggesting anyone keep um, their money in the bank, but I'd be paying down my debt and getting myself up physically, uh, um, fiscally in a very good position um, to be able to capitalize. And uh, for those who've got uh, larger assets, um, let's say six or 12 units or more, you know, is as long as you have, um, you know, stabilized uh, the building and uh, really are now know what your 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 basically your your net gross income is, um, then you will know exactly what your mortgage rate is and when it's coming due, and you can do some assessments and strategize and or you got to make sure, um, especially when you're carrying a larger asset, that you definitely got cash flow. Um, that's not one that you're going to want to have all of a sudden interest rates suck up anything and everything. Um, because that is how many apartment buildings, uh, were, uh, power of sale, uh, way back when, you know, and again, for those, um, that, uh, are listening and who are truly love the industry, listen, you, why not take advantage of other people's stupidity? If people were buying recently, recently being in the last while, that's for sure. And, you know, paying unbelievable prices for, you know, really sometimes maybe unverified cap rates. Um, yeah, well, you know, if they weren't diligent enough to really buy smart or buy right, that could be those might be the opportunities that may lay before you that one couldn't imagine. And as I said, I promise there will be opportunities um, that will come before all 
um, that would not have been there. And to me, I think that's great news. Um, you know, I, I don't look at this situation as a gloom and doom. I feel I have an onus of responsibility, you know, basically to give cautionary notes and explain why. Um, but it's not actually a negative uh, gloom and doom situation. It's actually um, these are the times where um, opportunities uh, could be had better than you've ever known before. But there's going to be uh, a bloodbath for those who weren't so smart. Um, the ones that, um, you know, bought for the sake of buying. And, you know, and for those smaller investors who say bought a condominium or, um, you know, something that's not going to be um, done for another two or three years, you know, right now is the time. You know, if rates were up, say, you know, just do 7% just to be on the safe side. And if everything, in fact, or everything in and uh, what's going to happen in that and in, in that position. Another thing, too, by the way, don't be, uh, you know, another thing, too, I want to point out is that dependent on your income level, you know, if a property runs in a negative, um, you know, it, you know, not a big negative, but, you know, a negative um, you know, that's a write-off. You're able to take every expense and write it off against your income. And, you know, then you could write it out as well. Um, so that's, you know, some might be interested in that. I've, I've got clients that um, there are people who purchase assets, believe it or not, to have it uh, run at a uh, loss so that it lowers their taxable income. But they've got a hard asset. They've got their assets in real estate and they've, you know, they, they don't mind paying that extra price and they don't mind actually taking a loss because it actually helps helps them um, overall. There's you know, there, That's what I love about the industry in real estate. There's so many different aspects uh, and different uh, variables and so many different needs um, that, uh, you know, it's just not um, it's just not one game. There's hundreds of different kinds of horses in the race. And uh, that's the one thing I love about uh, the business, uh, truly. Um, and uh, so also with regards to uh, anybody that's doing uh, burrs and or uh, flips, now's the time, um, you know, get it done. Um, you know, right now, figure out your materials and then some and make sure you've got them, you know, done, paid for ready to go. Um, you know, you're not going to have any timing issues, you know, sit down, strategize and get all that you need. Um, because those products are going to begin, uh, spiking up in price. And, uh, so you've just got to build, uh, that into your model. Um, you know, when it comes to, uh, the wholesaling industry, you know, that, that's, um, you know, that, there's one that's really going to be um, one that could be at risk in that, um, you know, you're buying something basically on spec, legally bound. And then if the market turns and uh, you haven't been able to unload it, um, you know, to uh, through your wholesale system, um, that could catch you with your pants down uh, in a big way. So for those, uh, because wholesaling really is a business that's just kind of uh, really kind of taken off um, in the last 10 years or so. So for those in the wholesaling business, um, you know, I would suggest strongly uh, that, um, you know, you've got to, um, you got to be ready. 
you got to be ready. Um, you need to be dynamic and fluid. Um, but I wouldn't be buying uh, through, you know, um, I, I wouldn't be buying on a wholesale basis uh, at this moment um, unless it's like super quick. And then you got you, you can absolutely turn it around. And we're talking time frames of less than 30 days. Um, then, you know, that if you worked on a philosophy and a positioning like that, uh, no longer than 30 days, which is going to be hard to do, but if you can do it, then that would be safe, you know, um, you know, 60 days, you know, at the beginning right now for a while, that's not a problem, but there may come a time where that 60 days, depending on how many you're doing and, and what your business operation is like, that definitely is a situation, um, because people are going to be pausing even now it could be affecting your business because, uh, you've got great wholesale deals and then all of a sudden, you know, you'd farm it out to your mailing list and you're not getting as many replies back. That um, would not surprise me if that is already uh, taking place or beginning uh, to unfold. Um, for those who have, um, uh, you know, for those who have uh, retail space, uh, plazas, I've sold lots and lots of plazas, great business. As long as uh, you've got it structured properly and you are um, obviously managing it and uh, and have got your rents all on recoverable uh, income and you have been able to transform it so that any and all expenses uh, that are associated with the investment model, um, and that applies also to light industrial, uh, you've got all your incomes through additional rents, um, you're going to be great. Uh, and, um, but in, in actually you'll do okay because you know, when people aren't driving out and about as much, they're staying local. So they tend to go to their local plaza more than they will to, uh, out to the shopping mall. So, you know, um, but for those who don't and, or have bought, uh, again, with, uh, cap rates that may be affected any investment model right now that, um, is sizable that uh, was bought at, you know, super, super low rates. And perhaps they didn't, you know, haven't really factored in, you know, maybe those interest rates doubling or more based on what you're at right now. Currently, do your numbers. Uh, that's what it's all about. Office industry has been, um, you know, um, most people that are listening to this are not, um, uh, don't any have any office space, but there are investors that buy, you know, medical, um, medical, believe it or not, is transient. Um, and uh, so people would go, what? A medical building's transient? Yeah. Um, doctors can pack up and leave and uh, move to a new location really quickly. So um, I've sold many medical buildings and uh, they are deemed, um, or were anyway, um, but used to be transient asset uh, base. And um, so you know, anyone in that small office basis, right? So these are small buildings. Um, and uh, what else do we have? Um, storage uh, will always do well. I love uh, selling storage facilities. Um, big believer in that. And he, the good news too, by the way, in all of this is that, um, you know, if you think there was, you know, a low compression rate and on vacancy before, when the market turns and, you know, as terrible as it sounds, people are losing their homes. They got to rent, right? So, you know, um, a negative uh, market uh, also doesn't um, uh, it doesn't affect. It's actually, you know, it actually helps 
uh, as far as you know vacancies are concerned and things like that. You know, it, it it's kind of hard because you know if there are layoffs and we're getting into times where people start losing their jobs and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, then buildings can um, uh, you know can transverse uh, transverse uh, quickly. Uh, and um, so good management, uh, you've got to know what you're doing. And that's why I've always uh, tried to inspire those beginning to self-manage. Um, you know, it's one of the things I help people do is set up a foundation for uh, self-management and how to best do that. Um, because if, um, you know, shit starts hitting the fan, um, you know, you don't know whether Bob, the, um, you know, uh, property manager, no offense, Bob's out there. Um, you know, is, uh, you know, going to be um, looking out for your best interest because many times they also get into during trying times and let's say if there's vacancies, then they recycle tenants. That means a bad tenant, they evict, they get paid for that and then they pop them into another building knowing, um, you know, not to, not very a low percentage of property managers do that, but it is... Um, you know, that is known to happen. Um, so um, that is my thoughts on that. So uh, so last but not least, I have people that ask about uh, the Great Reset. So let's just talk about the Great Reset. Great Reset, for those who don't know or for those who think it's a great conspiracy theory, um, it's not. Um, it's real. Uh, it is. Uh, I'll provide all the information. You can look it up. Uh, World Economic Forum, which is uh, a part and parcel of the United Nations, is the wing of the United Nations for uh, economic growth uh, globally, um, uh, basically kind of worked on a theory. So the theory was, and this is going back quite some time, um, that uh, you know if something catastrophic happened, and it would have to be something so catastrophic that it basically affected every government globally, and every citizen um, globally, um, what would happen if you know it it turned into a zero sum game? Zero sum meaning that everybody lost everything, like anarchy. Um, but you know, rather than have it become anarchy um, and you know some terrible <laughs> something out of a movie going on, um, you know what what's our plan B? And our plan B uh, was titled The Great Reset. And it's um, something that's been um, uh, been worked on for decades and decades. And if you look into the documentation, you'll see that, you know, the greatest minds in the world, business leaders, and um, and everybody's involved in this, by the way. Everybody, um, when I say everybody's involved, um, you know, I'll just give you a, a list. So here's um, just Here's our partners uh, that are involved in the World Economic Forum, but all have say in policy. And um, so I just, I just for the fun of it, I just did, I pulled the part, you know, what partners are involved in, you know, I pulled up, in this case, letter M. Because if you go through the alphabet of all the corporations that are involved in this forum, in this group, you know, um, just to pull out ones that are, you know, from Canada, you've got uh, Manulife, you got, you know, got hotel chains, Marriott, you've got MasterCard, the Mayo Clinic, 
you've got Merck, you've got Meridian, uh, you've got everybody, Microsoft Corporation, Midas, uh, Mitsubishi, you know, this is just, I'm picking names out here just in the M list, you know, uh, Morgan Stanley, um, you know, like it's, like if you go through letter by letter on all the major corporations, you're going to see that, you know, every major player globally are all in play on this. So for those who want to say that it's a conspiracy, it's not. It unfolded uh, in uh, June of, let me just get it here. So I'm right, June of 2020, 2020. And uh, and uh, part of that, for those who want to think it's a conspiracy, I mean, they call basically the Great Reset is now referred to as build back better, building back better. Whenever you hear those terms, that's all referring to the plan. So some people want to call and basically, um, you know, people want to say this is a great conspiracy. And and there's a gentleman named uh, Klaus Schwab. Uh, that wrote there's the book if you want to buy the book the great reset you can read the book and basically has taken this gigantic and you can download the documents and if you really want to dig into it it's basically you know what they've realized is that you know the industrial age the concept of burning fuel and fossils and the whole process of how we operate globally no matter, you know, does just take all the silliness of war and all these things out of out of play. We are killing the earth, right? We the way it is going right now, we are killing the earth, and we are, and that's we are as the societies globally, you know, are doing that, and they've realized that, um, you know, if there was an opportunity to completely reset and start and change everything over. Um, you know, this would also involve, you know, the elimination and, and the the, um, the need of not having militaries anymore. This would be, uh, you know, really inst- instituting and, and grabbing hold of all and every green technology and smart technology. And yes, uh, it would mean that uh, there would be like one world currency, uh, which w- it, the idea, the concept of it is stabilization, right? You, right now, you know, we've got all, everybody's competing against everybody. United States wants to be better than China and China and blah, blah, blah. But by, by the way, they're all part of this program. Everybody agrees in the in the grand scheme of things that, that you know, shit's broken. And it's broken on such a big scale um, that unless you get everybody, that every single buddy in line and involved... Um, it's, you know, we're, we're not going in a good place. What's happening right now in Europe is a fantastic, you know, and terrible example, sorry, but is a, you know, in, in its concept is exactly what they're basically, if God forbid something happens and things are really getting serious over there, we have to be very aware. And, you know, we can, you know, paint, you know, um, don't, you know, we cannot in any way start classifying. This is not a Russian war. This is Vladimir Putin's war. But Vladimir Putin also, um, you know, is somebody that is uh, in the Russian society is steeped in history. And so, you know, it was interesting to I, I dig into things. Uh, you know, I just I when something's going on, I I want to know everything about it. Just kind of like doing the podcast. And I, I need to know everything. 
it's just how my mind works. You know, I have severe dyslexia. So, you know, I wasn't awesome at school, but I was great at learning hands on. And um, that was kind of my gift. And so, um, you know, with with regards to this great reset and all that type of stuff, it's been something I've dug into and looked into and kind of uh, digested. And, you know, what you need to know is this. What they have proposed, all that they have proposed, is just that it's a concept. It's an idea. There, I guess there was something written that basically said that nobody would own real estate and everybody, you know, um, basically, um, you know, wouldn't have dad and responsibility. Listen, the idea basically is the fact that I think the concept is that, um, you know, if, 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 in governments go bankrupt. Canada's not in a good fiscal situation. People don't, you know, like look at our, our debt as a society. I, I, we, we think that there's no ramifications for any of this. I mean, it's a see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. The three monkeys uh, sitting in a row is what I think of. Um, people, you know, want to just kind of think, you know, uh, pretend everything's going to be okay. It's kind of like, don't, don't think the situation in Europe is going to go away. Um, COVID, what a freaky situation. Who would think the government would um, basically provide an income, which, by the way, is out of the textbook of the Great Reset, which is basically providing a guaranteed income to every citizen in the world. The concept is to kind of reset so that, you know, countries that are poor are not, you know, they still get the same benefits as the countries that are rich. And it's basically a dis distribution of uh, equal opportunity for all. And yes, it's one world government, but what does that mean? Well, there's representatives from uh, every uh, country, uh, just as there is right now at the United Nations, but we don't have governments that are competing against each other. We don't have you know, this whole, you know, ridiculousness of war and self-destruction. But, um, you know, so it's this kind of, you know, idea, concept, but it officially, uh, it's got underway. Um, they feel that this is the time. They feel now uh, is the time that uh, all uh, ideas and concepts should start being unfolded. So again, when you hear build back better, building back better, that kind of thing, that's all part of the Great Reset. But uh, dig into it. And um, we all know that uh, Prime, Minister, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau definitely is a stone in it. Um, but countries all over the world, including China, China, by the way, is actually unfolding many parts of what the Great Reset is all within. They are actually ahead of the game as far as infrastructure and um, many different things. So, you know, we got to understand too that, you know, we are fed a ton of bullshit propaganda um, and we don't, we do not get the truth the way that we would think. Um, and that is why, you know, there are many people, um, like I said, that take advantage of listening to, say, podcasts and things because it's, you know, the media is not scrutinized in the same fa fashion as many media sources now that seem to have a political agenda. You know, they all seem to either be leaning on the left or leaning on the right. However, one defines that, um, you know, I don't know. I'm, I've always been, you know, what in me, what's right and what's wrong? What's the right thing to do? What's the wrong thing to do? I mean, it's just 
common sense. It's not about, um, you know, being um, left or right. Uh, but unfortunately, we've got extremism that's uh, taken place. So um, anyway, uh, interesting times we are in, very dynamic, very fluid. And that is why, uh, you know, it, it's important to, um, you know, keep your eyes open, ears open, not getting freaked out. Uh, you know, let's make... This world is just so full of negativity, and what I'm talking about isn't negative. It's reality. It's it's you know we, we, we if in life we all get good, and we get bad, and and it's what we actually do with it and how we respond, and you know um or, or do we listen to um you know the warnings that are there to make sure that we um you know prepare ourselves properly. I mean. I love this group, this community we're in. I love hearing and watching the stories about, you know, people's great successes and and uh, how many people are on fire about real estate investing and all of that. And and I'm, I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. But, you know, there's a huge segment of the population, younger generation, um, that are, you know, disillusioned. Uh, that feel that they'll never own real estate. Uh, and, um, you know, that, uh, you know, and the, the, those who are listening will know that. But even those who own real estate have, have got to have said to themselves, the numbers don't make sense. I've been saying that for a long time, right? I've been uh, making adjustments based on that uh, for a long time. And, and, and as I got to uh, mentioned uh, at the beginning of uh, the show was that, you know, the big players, um, you know, they were are basically putting themselves up, uh, keeping all their great assets, all their winners, and uh, getting themselves in a position to take advantage of uh, great opportunities that uh, lay before them. And, I've, and in previous shows, you've heard me talk about the fact that, you know, many don't uh, agree with the price pointing of uh, um, the assets and haven't for a long time, but there are certain assets that came available and they would love to have that in their portfolio, but would be more than happy to hold a mortgage on that uh, asset uh, and, you know, get a nice return on their second mortgage. And if for any reason things don't turn out, um, then they have an opportunity to perhaps get an asset uh, that they otherwise, um, you know, at more of a of a rate that makes sense and that is more logical. So, you know, there's um, there's always balancing in life, and um, and we've got to be, you know, would be silly to not understand that there has to be some balance. Um, and right now, all indications are that Canada as one one of the ones is completely out of whack uh, in relation to uh, most of the other countries in the world. So um, worthy of paying attention to. And uh, anyway, I am looking forward to, uh, I'll release these as soon as I can get it all done and edited and broken up. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. Remember, uh, you know, you got to hit that like button and you got to hit the notification button. And I apologize for those that are listening to the podcast that haven't been able to, um, uh, you know, take a look at what it is I'm referring to. But I am going to provide the links to this entire, um, all the data that I've uh, referred to, you'll be able to take a look at and then dig in further. That's, uh, don't take my word for it. Um, at all, um, you know, this, I'm here to, 
you know, if you want to pay me, you can call me and I'll definitely uh, help you succeed. Um, but I'm here to provide information that gives you at least some knowledge to make some decent uh, decisions. Um, but um, I'm not going to be spelling out any time in any show. Um, you know, it's just, this is not going to be where um, I provide uh, information in uh, uh you know, services in which my clients pay for. Um, and I have worked so many years uh, to build this knowledge and uh, it's um, worthy for, um, you know, obviously being able to uh, make an income from and uh, provide my services uh, for my clients. I got to tell you, I've never been happier in my life. I love what I do. I love real estate. I uh, love the industry. Um it's absolutely, it truly is uh, the only way to go. Uh, so uh, with that, I just want to say thank you very much for joining. Uh, let's be frank about real estate investing. I hope uh, that you enjoy the show. And um, I certainly um, will be getting into more and more segments on a regular basis. Um, it's just time permitting for me. And so I'm sorry that if it's not as uh, as continual uh, as one might want. Um, but I will be, if there is something that occurs um, or as things unfold, I'll throw something out uh, as quickly as possible. And uh, I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, it's, uh, it is, uh, you know, it is going to be, everything's going to be just fine. Uh, and uh I wish the very best uh, to everybody, and uh, certainly, once again, I'll mention that uh, my heart goes out to any, anybody that has anyone involved in what's happening over in Europe, uh, and, um, you know, we certainly all um, you know, want to see that end uh, as quickly as possible, and um, so, anyway, with that said, have an absolutely wonderful day, and thanks again for joining Let's Be Frank.